Welcome to Only Today, a Gathering Mana podcast, where Catholic moms can find practical tips, advice, and help that will equip them to live more joyfully in their vocations as mothers and wives. This series is called Pray With Me. Here we will explore what it means to dwell moment by moment with God and keep our hearts near Him amidst the busy work of motherhood. Together we're going to learn how to apply contemplative spirituality to the everyday moments of ordinary life. Let's listen in. Good morning and welcome back. Thank you for being with me. I just finished listening to a series recorded by Life Church Pastor Craig Groeschel called Dangerous Prayers. Groeschel pastors one of the largest Protestant churches in the area where I live. I have several dear sisters in Christ who have been very blessed by his ministry. And so I curled up and had a listen. Groeschel pleads with his listeners to pray the prayers in the Psalms with the psalmist in a way that is fresh and real in their lives. He urges his flock to ask God to search him, break them, and use them. Amen to that. Praying scripture prayers like these always brings fruit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing to the heart of man. As I was listening to this series, I started thinking about the rich prayers we have in our own tradition, many of them straight from scripture. Some of these prayers and devotions date back centuries. The prayers we say at Mass and in the Liturgy of the Hours are directly from Scripture. We also have the prayers that the great saints and writers have penned for us to draw closer to God with. We are so, so blessed. And I was thinking about some of the more dangerous prayers in our own tradition that have the absolute power, when they are prayed in faith, to break strongholds and push us closer to God. We know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, so says 2 Corinthians 3.17, and transformation, so says Romans 12.1-2. So this series is called Transforming Prayers for Catholic Moms. So before we begin, let's just define transforming prayers as prayers that have the power to transform us and threaten stagnancy in our spiritual life. They have the power to put us right in the place for God to loosen and kill sin and attachments of all types. They have the power to pave the way to holiness and make us saints. So if you're wanting to stay where you are and not go further with God, these prayers are going to be a real problem for you. But if you are wanting to draw closer to your Lord and experience day to day more of His joy, mercy, and grace, then these prayers are exactly what you want. Today, we're going to examine Mary's response to the angel at the Annunciation when she makes her world-changing and eternal fiat, agreeing with God and saying to his messenger, May it be done unto me according to thy word. In the coming weeks, we're going to look at some well-known prayers, such as the Rosary and the Litany of Humility, But we'll also be studying some power-packed, one-phrase prayers that have the ability to open our hearts and move us out of where we are and forward with God. As Catholics, we have been reading the Magnificat of Mary and the story of the Annunciation at various times for the entirety of our faith lives. And for some of you, that may have been your whole life. 
And while it's somewhat newer for some of us who have returned home as adults, it's still a prayer that's very familiar. Unfortunately, that familiarity often masks its power. One of my favorite translations of this verse in scripture states, I am the Lord's body and soul. May it be done unto me according to thy word. When I first read Mary's prayer with the intention of praying it as my own prayer, I had a pretty strong fear reaction. My heart started beating fast and my stomach felt a little funny and not in a good way. You see, at this point, I was well aware that praying with expectation got results. I knew that when you ask God sincerely to show up in your life, He will. So you can understand why praying these prayers caused me a little discomfort. I want to be wholly His, but what is that going to mean? We have a secret distrust of God, and it's innate within us, born in a garden a long time ago. And the liar who planted that thought and that distrust in the first woman is still selling that same bag of tricks to you and to me. The lie often takes different forms. What's he going to take from me? What is he withholding from me? I will endure great pain and suffering if I surrender to God. Satan's number one trick is to make us doubt that God will give us everything that we truly need. He wants us to believe that God is holding out on us and doesn't know what we really need deep in our hearts. It doesn't matter how long you've been following God, trust is hard. Even if you've been watching Him show up, this prayer takes a different level of surrender. My first point is that it takes a level of surrender to what you can see, but also what you can't. There are things in our lives that hurt. There are things that aren't working right. We wish that it was different. We hope that it will be different. Trust with these things? Trust God? Does He even really care? Does He deserve our trust? Will He show up? Is it ever going to change? Is it ever going to get better? These are the questions that swirl around in our minds. All throughout scripture and history, God has been answering those questions. The culmination of those answers, the flesh and blood answer, Jesus being the preeminent yes to any question our heart could ask. May it be done unto me according to thy word. So we pray this prayer and it means that we surrender to what we see. We surrender and we accept what is happening in our lives and in our families and we invite God into it to sharpen our hearts and our will, to strengthen us and give us his eyes to see his truth, to give us the courage and the virtue we need to deal with and improve these situations by heeding his wisdom. Virtue is transmitted through contact and we need more contact with him in order to gain virtue. Contact happens every time we pray and every time we receive him in the Eucharist or at adoration. May it be done unto me according to thy word. So we surrender to all that we see and we partner with God to walk through it. We trust that he will do all that is needed if we will give it to him. But with this prayer, we're also surrendering to what we can't see. And for some of us, that's the really scary part. 
What's going to happen? What is he going to ask of me? What will this mean for my children, my future? Can I trust him? You see that trust is coming up a lot here, isn't it? Let's illustrate this idea of God being worthy of our trust or building trust in God with an analogy of sorts. In a healthy courtship or a relationship, trust is earned through a pattern of behavior that assures us that the person we are engaged in relationship with can be trusted with the deeper things of our heart. Something has to happen to initiate that relationship, first of all. Here's a breakdown of what this looks like in relationships with people and with God. Number one, step one, the two lovers notice one another. Usually one notices the other first and they observe from afar. Step two, interest is piqued. What they see looks good to them. They desire it. They initiate contact. And then step three, when the, init- when the interest is reciprocal, contact repeats regularly. As this happens, the two lovers begin to build a friendship or relationship based on a pattern of behavior on the part of the other that they feel is pleasing, safe, good, holy, and compatible with their own philosophies. They unite further in engagement, marriage, family, and children in that same compatibility of goals of heart and mind, continuing to unite deeper and to prove and reinforce that trust that was built in steps one through three through repeated patterns of behavior that signal their fidelity, their faithfulness, and their care of the other's heart. So let's examine this kind of four-step system with our relationships with God. So on on the step levels, where are you with God? If you're listening to this podcast, God has initiated contact with you in your life in a way that you have perceived and you in turn find him pleasing and you desire to return that contact in relationship. So you're through steps one through two. It's likely that you're somewhere on step three or four on at least a surface level. You know, God is good and trustworthy and you want to know more of that and understand what that looks like in your life. So during steps three and four, The answer to building trust in any relationship is repeated patterns of behavior that signal safety. So I want you to ask yourself a question. In what ways has God repeatedly shown up, signaled his safety, provided and indicated similar goals to me in wanting and promoting my good, signaled his love for me, and initiated contact with me in an intimate way? As you're thinking about the answer to that question, I want you to pray, Lord, let me see the truth. And then I want you to pick up a pencil or a pen and I want you to make a list, mama. Make a long list. Sometimes our hearts, deeply afraid, need to see the facts on paper before we buy in. The truth is that God has been showing up for you constantly. The facts alone, if you really look at them with eyes that have been washed in truth, testify to the unfailing, unchanging, trustworthy character of God. For some of us, trust in God is easy because we've seen it time and time again. If that's the case for you, any hesitancy you find to make Mary's prayer your own likely stems from some sort of attachment issue to things that you don't really want to let go of in order to go further with God. What's the answer to this? More contact with him. 
any good that you see in yourself is the result of God's good work in you. If you trust, if, if you find trust hard, ask God to increase your hunger for Him. Ask Him to make necessary changes. As we move further in this series, we'll talk about some prayers that have the power to loosen our attachments. For some of us, trusting God is hard because we're still kind of new in this relationship and we haven't had enough contact to say yes to praying this prayer with our whole hearts. If that's the case for you, the answer is simple, more contact. Invite God into your life. Invite Him into the details. Ask Him to show up in a way that you can perceive, and ask Him to let you see the truth. In Scripture, He actually dares us to test Him in this and see if He won't show up and do everything He says He will. For others of us, trust is hard because some of the people who have come into our lives as children or adults violated our trust and hurt us so badly that we have a difficult time not superimposing that onto our relationship with God. The answer for this is also more contact. For these precious hearts especially, I want to urge frequent reception of the Eucharist, adoration, and confession. Wounds must be healed. The sacrament of reconciliation is for healing, not condemnation. His presence in the, in the priest is the only answer. More contact. John Michael Talbot said once within my hearing at a concert, Jesus walked this earth with skin. He was a healer then. He is a healer still. Can you believe that? Is it possible that you could touch the hem of his robes in confession or adoration and be healed emotionally or spiritually to the point where these words of Mary in this prayer could pass your lips with sincerity. May it be done unto me according to thy word. Mary expected God to show up. She had been placing herself in contact with him as his handmaiden all her life. We too are his handmaidens. And all we need to kill this fear of trusting God is more contact. It's not a matter of trying harder. It's not a matter of being more spiritual. It's about touching and being touched. It's about his presence next to you, near you, and you reaching out to touch the hem of his robe in prayer. There is a person with ears that are listening when you pray. There is a person in that adoration chapel whose gaze is intensely fixed on you. Jesus needs to touch us, so he and God came up with a way to do that, the Eucharist. Nobody who ever touched Jesus left the same person as they came. He knows that you need him to touch you in order to be who he's asking you to be. We need to contact him in prayer more and more, We need to make contact with Him in the frequent reception of the sacraments. The answer to our fear of trusting God is contact. Trust increases as contact increases. Reach out and make more contact with Him. Can you pray sincerely 
the words of Mary with me today. May it be done unto me according to thy word. Stay with me in this series as we look at more transforming prayers in the upcoming podcasts. May God bless you richly. May he reveal his presence in your life so powerfully that you will feel trust beginning to grow day by day. May he increase your hunger for him and heal your heart. God bless you and we'll see you next time.